Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Welcome to Four Down Territory. Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. We've got uh, Lodo Chad, Chad Anderson in for Stink, who's got uh, FS1 Super Bowl duties, TV duties this morning. So we uh, jump in with a much different result for the Avs compared to the last time they played Tampa in Tampa. Hagel knocked down Ranton. Hagel scores! ESPN there with the call as the uh, Avalanche lose 5-0. A a deceiving score, Chad, in that midway through the hockey game, it was a a good, competitive, 1-0 lead for Tampa. The Avs were getting their opportunities. Uh, Good chances, good goaltending by Andre Vasilevsky, some some missed chances by the Avalanche to, uh, to convert, but they end up uh, making a couple mistakes. Puck ends up in their net. Game gets out of hand. They lose 5 nothing. But I think the biggest takeaway is the Avs are 20th in the league in scoring right now. And as we get closer to the trade deadline in hockey, which is coming up in early March, it's becoming obvious that they have to go out and make a significant move for that second line, second line center. Well, it's what everyone panicked about when Kadri left. Right, They're going, how are you going to replace him? He was such a key component, and they're not going to go back or have a chance to go back and win the Cup when they let him walk. Right, So are they going to be able to not replace him, but substitute for that production in some way, shape, or form? I've said it over and over and over again. I'm not going to push the panic button on the Avalanche until I see another team put them in an elimination game which means win three against them in a series, I see a greater likelihood. So you have no concerns about them making the playoffs? No, I don't. I don't. Not as long as they continue to have these games in hand, right? They've got a good two, three games in hand on most of the Western Conference. I think there's only two, three teams in the entire NHL that have played fewer games than the Avalanche. So they have an opportunity to earn points, right? They've always been behind on Mm -hmm. the schedule. Um, it makes a difference if Kale McCarr is not playing in the games that they have the opportunity to earn points. But again, I'm confident in the leadership of this franchise. They've proven that they know how to address the gaps in some of the holes. Uh, what they're able to do and how willing teams will be to deal with them after last year remains to be seen. But you know they're going to make an attempt. Let's just see where they are at and how healthy they are when the playoffs start and we'll reevaluate at that point. I, I agree with you. I still believe that we certainly should be able to trust them, right? They're the Stanley Cup champions. They get the benefit trust of the doubt. Them. There's no question. Yes, but as part of that deal that I've made with them is that I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but you're going to have to give me these performances occasionally, these glimpses that the real abs that we all love and know are still in there somewhere. And last night was an opportunity. Didn't go well. Tell you what, they get a rematch with Tampa on Tuesday. Second down. This is something you don't often hear. Uh, Michael Malone 
not happy with his two-time MVP. Yeah, I mean, the turnovers in the first half were just, I mean, a joke. They were awful. I mean, Nicole had seven turnovers. We had 16 for 22, but in the first half, it was comical. And when teams are making a run, how do you stop a run? You bring the ball up, you execute, you get the best shot you can get. What we were trying to do, we we were helping their run. Uh, There was one possession. They miss a shot. They take the ball out of one of our players' hands, lay it in for a layup, take it out of bounds, try to throw a home run pass. It goes out of bounds. They come down and score again. So all these self-inflicted wounds didn't help. Wow. But, you know, it's funny. Why can he do that? Why can he actually call out his best player? Because his best player is okay with it. His best player would be the first to admit, yeah, I, I, I wasn't that good last night. I, I put up good numbers, but I wasn't anywhere near uh, the player that I, I, I typically am or have been of late. Yeah, I, I probably deserve to be called out. And the fact that your best player is okay with that and your coach can do that, imagine how easy it makes the rest of the team to coach. All the guys that don't listen to that get shipped out of town. We saw that. Um We've been saying for three years, how can Jokic be better? How could Jokic be better? How could Jokic improve? And he's improved continually, year after year after year. If he is going to continue to improve season by season, the one area that I see that it can happen is turnovers. He turns the ball over a lot because he's such a high-usage player, yeah. and he tries he's a lot guard. of risky passes. He's your point guard, yeah. So, I mean, if he could reduce turnovers, that would be an area of improvement. That would be huge. If Jokic didn't turn the ball over, he'd turn the ball over two times a game, and they'd be unstoppable. They're borderline unstoppable offensively now. Yeah, that is that is a real nitpick. Well, that's where you're at. I know. You're looking at someone who might be a, a back-to-back-to-back MVP. It, it's like, you know, you're you're, you're looking for, for flaws on a supermodel. I, I get it. Third down. Congratulations. To Demarcus Ware, second and ten, and that will close out the half as Demarcus Ware pile drives Cam Newton to the ground. Demarcus Ware going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, incredibly deserving. Is there is there any part of you that always feels a little um, I don't know what the word is, a little squeamish about? You know, really claiming a guy like him as yours. Uh no. When he played, what, a decade with the Cowboys? Ray Bork's numbers in the rafters at Ball Arena. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Hey. And, <laughs> and I am, I was the biggest champion of doing that. So I, I'm just asking the question. I have no issue with it. I was just asking you or something. Because sometimes you'll hear from people and they're like, oh, he's not really ours. You know what? You know, he's he's just kind of uh, somebody that came in here and he wasn't here that long. And so he's not really ours. We can't really Who claim cares? him. Doesn't I'm, matter. I'm just, ask, I'm just asking the question. You Hey, you, you win a Super Bowl, or in this case with DeMarcus Ware, without DeMarcus Ware, you do not win a Super Bowl? It's like the same thing, the same argument I did make about Ray Bork. Without the arrival of Ray Bork, you do not win that second cup. You just don't. So, in my in my mind, if that person's arrival and impact was significant enough that you don't win a championship without them, hey, retire their number, put them in the Hall of Fame. I don't care. Your sports experience comes down to what it means to you as you cheer for your team or your favorite players. When people go to the Hall of Fame and they see the display. It's going to be DeMarcus Ware as a Dallas Cowboy, and I'm fine with that. 
and in 20 years, whenever, 10 years, when people go to the Basketball Hall of Fame and see LeBron James, they're going to see him as a Cleveland Cavalier. It doesn't mean he wasn't important for the Miami Heat. Right? It doesn't mean that they can't claim him in two championships with him. It meant a lot here. And honestly, Mike, I mean, Vaughn's going to go in from that team, but Peyton and DeMarcus Ware are going to be the only other players from that Super Bowl that are in the Hall of Fame. Andrew Mason was making the argument for Chris Harris. Maybe. Mm. He fell off too much, I think, at the end. But, yeah, from from that team, yeah. Definitely Vaughn, D-Ware. Yeah, that's probably it, right? And Peyton's already in. And Peyton's already in. Okay. By the way, next year's uh, ballot will include uh, former Bronco receiver Brandon Marshall. How about that? The king is here. Yeah. Third along. Got a punt. Uh, just uh, real quickly, the NFL awards handed out last night. Patrick Mahomes named the MVP, I'm which here. is bad news for Chiefs fans. Why? We'll tell you. And Mark's going to join us from uh, Phoenix, taking a little break from his TV duties. We'll talk to Stink coming up next. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Billy and KC, Twin Peaks presents Schlereth and Evans. So we got Chad Anderson in for Mark, who's doing uh, TV, but that does not mean that uh, Mark is gone and forgotten. No, no, no. He's taking time out of his busy FS1 schedule to uh, call in. Morning, Stink. Good morning, fellas. How are you? We're doing well. How was the how was the party scene? I'm sure you were out and about last night. So for those of us who are stuck here, wondering what it's like out there, Super Bowl week, uh, where were you last night? Uh, I was in bed uh, <laughs> at 8 o'clock last night. Come on. Light, lights out at 8. I was talking to my wife, and then uh, I fell asleep to the TV. I turned the TV off at 9. So... Yeah, it was a big, big night. Big <laughs> night of sleep, Mike. Big night of sleep. And tonight, um, I'll probably be in bed around 8. Because, uh, you know, the party scene, me and the party scene, we are uh, tighter than mouse nuts. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like it. Uh, yeah. Your your thoughts uh, on DeMarcus Ware going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh, I'm excited. You know, it took him playing for the Broncos to get a Hall of Fame uh, nod and a Super Bowl ring. You couldn't do it in Dallas, so... Um, I'm, you know, I'll claim him. Um, one of the great guys, one of the great guys in just the history of this game, one of the great leaders, one of the great, uh, just one of the great players. And I couldn't be happier for him because he's such a good, like just such a solid human being, you know, and a great football player and what he did for us. And we've seen, we've seen, you know, what happened since DeMarcus left, since, you know, um, Peyton Manning left. We saw the, just the void of leadership within this organization. And they truly haven't been able to replace that since those guys left. So to me, I mean, it's just amazing what he's been able to do. Um, his career was phenomenal and couldn't be happier for him. Hey, hey Mark, um, by the way, I really appreciate you um, 
letting me sit in on the day that the Avalanche could be five to nothing and the Nuggets lay an egg. You, you give me the next morning on that. So, so thanks for that yeah. one, buddy. Um, now, but, um, we well, were. I just uh, wanted you to be there to break some news. <laughs> you you were just breaking news over there. <laughs> we were uh, we were kicking it around a little bit with Demarcus. We're going in and Peyton already being in, and obviously Vaughn will go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, is there anybody else from Super Bowl Fifty? I mean, does does Chris Harris or Keep Talib have a chance? Oh, Keep Talib, I think, will definitely go in. I mean, Keep is one of the great players um, of his generation, and he did it, you know, in multiple stops with Tampa, with New England. And um, so obviously, I think Keep goes in there. I think Chris Harris Jr. has got a great shot to go in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, I mean, that guy, and, and I, you know, you think about, you think about the nickel position, if you will. Chris Harris Jr. is one of those guys, to me, um, that really made the nickel position kind of um, something that we talk about now. And and let me just tell you this, um, because when you're talking about nickel, and I talk to, you know, you, when you bounce around the league and you call games, you're talking to defensive coordinators all the time. It's not a position that gets paid or that gets talked about. But if you don't have one, you can't compete in today's NFL. And I've talked to multiple coordinators over the last few years who have confirmed it's the most important position on a football field. Um, because you're playing, you know, you're not only playing from a zone standpoint, but you're playing cornerback, but you're also playing weak side linebacker. And so you have to understand run fits. You have to understand run. You know, you have to understand the running game. Uh, you have to have a great, great understanding of, of uh, blocking schemes and all that. But you also have to be able to not only cover in zone and drop in your zone areas, but you got to cover slot receivers man-to-man, and tight ends man-to-man. It truly is, to me, the most demanding position in football. Um, and nobody they don't pay it. They pay outside corners or they pay safeties. So guys don't even want to play it. And it's the, most, it's the hardest and most demanding position. So, you know, if, now again, there's not a lot of football people who actually vote for Hall of Fame, right? So you got to take that into consideration. But I, I just think Chris Harris is one of those guys that, that even started putting, you know, Rondé Barber is one of those guys just went in the Hall of Fame that started putting that nickel position on the map. Mark joining us from uh, Phoenix, where he's taking a quick little break from uh, his TV duties this morning. Chad Anders sitting in. Mark, uh, if you could put aside for a moment that this analysis came from a kicker of all people, was uh-huh. Robbie Gold on to something when he said, hey, if you can make Jalen Hurts just play quarterback, it's going to be a good day for your defense? Um, sure. I think that, I think that's fair, but nobody's been a, he's, hey, listen, the guy's what, 14 and one, um, in the games he played or, or it's like 14 and, or 13 and two or something like that. And he's won two playoff games. Uh, like that's, it's easy to say that. I think in the NFC championship game, I mean, he had like 124 yards passing. You can't just make him play quarterback. That's how good the Philadelphia Eagles are. And, you know, I was doing this this podcast the other day, Mike, and I don't know if I even – I might have mentioned this to you yesterday. But, you know, I was part of a, a great – like, I was part of several great Super Bowl teams. Um, you know, just fortunate to be part of those things. But I played one Super Bowl, as you know, that had Hall of Famer Jim Kelly on the opposite side, and we had Mark Rippin, you know, and I love Mark Rippin. He's my boy. But, you know, in the, uh, in the echelon of quarterbacks, it's the also-ran Mark Rippin. 
But you know what we had? We had a really dominant football team, the only team in Super Bowl history to be a top-five offense, top-five defense, and top-five special teams. And you know what we did? We opened a can of whoop-ass on that quarterback. And that's what Philadelphia has done all season long. And I know it's really hard for people to give them credit because you see some, you know, you see some, oh, well, you know, Jalen Hurts, we just make him quarterback. Nobody's been able to just make him pay, play quarterback. Mark, I found it interesting, and I, I know with a lot that goes on at Super Bowl week, not everybody is able to, to hear and see everything that's said. But the um, the basic uh, takeaway is guys like Brandon Ayuk, guys like Debo Samuel have come out in the last couple of days and said that we studied the Eagles and we were going to light them up. We we see that their their secondary gambles they bite on things and we had a game plan we had um, routes and combinations planned that we were going to go over the top we were going to beat them deep and we were going to light up the scoreboard on that team. It's such a bizarre thing to hear statements like that from not just one guy but multiple guys on a team that got blown out. What do you make of that? Are they uh, are they blowing smoke or is there something there that the Chiefs can take advantage of? No, I mean, there's certainly, you know, you talk about Darius Slay um, at a cornerback position. I mean, that dude will gamble. That dude will bite a double move. I mean, that's the case. And the point is, man, if they can reroute you and they can cover you for any length of time, their front four will get to you. They have, you know, from a symbiotic relationship standpoint, they've got the best coverage to rush uh, scenario in football. Um, But they have been lit up by several teams. Um, and they will bite on some double moves, and they will because they just play that way. They play so aggressive that they can gamble on those things because they feel like, hey, man, if we gamble, um, our front's going to get there. So if we shut you down on that first route, so double moves and things of that nature, you know, um, those kind of route combinations, absolutely you can get, um, and, and they play that game. You can get to the opponent's quarterback. Like, they play that game, and they're like, hey, man, we think that we can hold up um, and we'll get to you before you can complete that double move. So there's no question um, it would have been a different ball game had Brock Purdy not gotten hurt in the first quarter. Hey. Um, and, you know, th- then they had zero zero passing game after that. Got to get a pick from you, as you may not be aware, but you can use this on TV. With Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP last night, nine straight MVPs have lost in right. the Super Bowl. So does that affect your pick? For Sunday, who you got? No, it wouldn't affect my pick anyhow. Uh, I've got Philadelphia 100, uh, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs nothing. So um, you know that I hate Kansas exactly. City. Exactly. Buck them. Yeah. Buck Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> who cares about Kansas City? Uh, I, you know, I'm, I know that, that a lot of guys that do what I do for a living are on Philly. And so, you know, the, some of the money and the sharps are going the opposite way. I don't care. I just think Philly's a much better football team. Okay. Mark, good luck. We'll see you on Monday. All right, buddy. All right, there he goes. Mark Schlereth, uh, live from Phoenix as he is doing a bunch of TV stuff uh, and getting a lot of sleep and not going out to parties. I know that you would not be going to sleep early. Lodo Chad, still Deep inside you, deep inside that dad bod is still a Lodo Chad that I know and love. I could probably do it for a week. <laughs> a week? I, I, I might need a month All to right. recover All right. after that. But if, if for, for the Super Bowl, I could rally. You could rally for that. What's Trending? Coming up next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Deion Sanders was the uh, star of Radio Row and the NFL Awards show. 
Dion doing Dion stuff that uh, just just left me and I think a lot of you just thinking, wow, this guy's in Colorado. This guy's coaching the Buffs. So it uh, it started with him yesterday on the Rich Eisen show. Okay, talking about living in Boulder. And then it's not cold, cold. Like, 30 there is hoodie weather. It's not cold. It's not like 30 in Texas or 30 in Dallas so, or 30 in, I'm sorry, Florida. So you can handle this cold. Oh, my God. I love it. I've adjusted my skin, my skin, my body. Everything is adjusted already. Already. Virtually no crime. It was four weeks before I saw police. I stopped him. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I just wanted to introduce myself. Say hello. <laughs> See how things are going. What's going on? I guess it is awesome. It's almost like that's awesome. It's almost like the old old Tonight Show days, like the the old Johnny Carson days when you are correct, sir. When a, a good comedian would come on, right, and they would just crack him up at the desk. Like Dion yeah. is just stealing such the spotlight from from the host, right? He's he, he's doing an act, and everybody is, is loving it. Well, and then he goes on during the NFL award show yesterday as a presenter and uh, dropped this. I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to recruit. I read the Moses, the Y. Jerry said I could borrow the star. Jimmy said he's going to help me out. I need all your cousins, your mom and them, your nephews. Send them right to Colorado. We good? All right. I don't have no NIL money either, by the way. Kind of biz- what kind of bizarre world? What kind of alternate uni- universe did I walk into, stumble into, where Colorado football is getting this kind of national exposure? Get the Boses and the Watts. We need some of those guys. This is it's going to be so much fun. It is going to be so much fun, and and not just because of the excitement level and the the talent level increase, but they're also playing legit teams every week on their schedule. Right, they're real games. They don't have games against you know Northeast State Tech Institute, right? They're, they're real games every week, so we can see how they stack up against TCU and Nebraska early. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. The NFL Awards last night, the show. Maybe it's, is it just me? Is it just me Friday or is it just me? Or I, I found Kelly Clarkson to be very funny. I, I don't know if she wrote her own stuff. I don't know who wrote, but it was some really good lines in there. Some really good singers. I thought she was pretty good. You think she wrote that? She didn't I, think there was. I don't know, but uh, the, the team did a nice job. That was some good quality writing, some good jokes. Anyway, the biggest award went to Patrick Mahomes. I'm here. As I'm here. Uh, he wins the MVP award for the second time. But he will now go into the Super Bowl knowing that the previous nine Nine times, nine MVP winners who played in the Super Bowl lost. Nine times. Should that make Chiefs Kingdom nervous? I don't think they get nervous anymore with Mahomes. I don't think that they worry a whole lot. I wouldn't if he were the quarterback. Maybe they should more than they do. You're right. I wouldn't. But I don't think they worry. No, I wouldn't either. But Chiefs fan. I, I know you're riding high right now, and I know you think that this is going to last forever. I'm telling you, there's some pressure on you this weekend. There's more pressure on you to win than there is the Eagles. Because you've had enough 
kicks at this can that if if you don't win on Sunday, you are very quickly going into or running the risk of going into the dynasty that never was category. Like your Green Bay Packers under Aaron Rodgers, the dynasty that never was. Is it that under or is Brett it- Favre, the dynasty that never was? Is Brett going to sue me? By the way, for saying that, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Is, ooh, is that, uh, that guy? Am I, am I defame, de- de- libeling him in any way? I, I think he's wanna, a bum. I, I just want to be sure. He's an absolute bum. I don't want to be served anything. Is it, is it more of that, or is it more of the Peyton Manning category when he kept having playoff failures and lost a couple Super Bowls? Is it more well, Favre Rogers that only got there? I mean, Favre twice, Rogers once, or is it more the the look of Peyton Manning before he finished on top? If you are going to easily sit at the big boy table, so that 20, 30, 40 years from now, whenever they're discussing, whenever people get together and say, "Hey, who do you think the four greatest, five greatest quarterbacks of all time are?" You need two. You need two Super Bowls. Mahomes staying on one. Now, I believe I believe on Sunday he's going to get his second one. But I'm just saying there is pressure because he needs, Andy Reid needs another Super Bowl. If you're talking about cementing all-time legacies. Which is the position Peyton was in. Yes, he was. they won yes, here. So, and that's, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That is where oh, I no, believe. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. And, and I, I would equate Mahomes to this point more to that position than I would him being Farver Rogers. Well, I guess the Chiefs are entering the category of dynasty that never was. Whereas Mahomes, if because Manny was doing it with a different team now. I, I, would, I would equate the Chiefs and Mahomes to where they are to Manning with the Colts. Okay. That's what I would equate okay. it to. Okay. And Peyton carried that with him here. He had to answer those those questions uh, and concerns about his, his playoff uh, failures or just not getting that second one. What? Well, we'll do it in the next segment. We'll get some more really good audio for you. Boy, the, the Russell Wilson hits just keep coming. Although, I think that there was some good news for Russ yesterday. We'll share that. It's an Is It Just Me Friday. We'll get to the best of the Is It Just Me's all coming up next. Loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 745 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. As you uh, get set for... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, we've got your chance to win $500 cash in the Superbook Sports Big Game Challenge. Just go to denversports.com slash challenge. Make your predictions for Philly and KC before Sunday's game, and you're entered to win. Doesn't cost you anything to play. And make your pick. That's denversports.com slash challenge. Chad Anderson and for Stink, who's got uh, TV stuff from the Super Bowl uh, for FS1. Joel Klatt who was sick, yes, famous germaphobe, Joel Clack got sick. Somehow, a germ penetrated his defenses and got him sick. And so uh, he'll be joining us today, coming up at uh, about 8.10. So we look forward to that. Some good audio yesterday from uh, the Broncos side of things. Uh, Sean Payton 
doing a uh, still doing his TV stuff this weekend before he takes over full time coaching the Broncos. Uh, he was he was on a uh, panel discussion that included Josh Jacobs, Raider running back, who's a free agent. And here's what Peyton had to say. I'm glad he's a free agent. I encourage everyone to look at him, get him out of the West. Maybe we look think, at well, him. Will you look good in orange? I think yes, so. indeed. You and Javante back for a one-two. You oh, love yeah, a mixed cool. backfield. You love a little one-two. I like a mixed backfield. Hey, he loves And you get to play longer. <laughs> yep, you do. <laughs> well, how about Josh? Ja- how do you feel about spending big free agent money on a running back? I think they need to run the football, and that would be a good indicator that they're going to do that. So I'm not opposed to the idea if they become very much so identified as a running football team, a run-first football team. I thought that's what they were going to do last year. It didn't play out that way. Yeah, Josh Jacobs would be amazing. And let me just add this, Mike, in all sports at all levels – the concept, the idea, the accusation of tampering is stupid. People who watch know who good players are, and they understand that other teams would be interested in having good players. Words don't mean anything as to whether or not they're actually going to influence someone's decision and where they go and what money they get. Who cares what another employee of another team says about a player if they would like to have them? Tampering is dumb. We need to get rid of it. By the way, there's this perception. You think of Sean Payton, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball with, with Drew Brees. Well, at the end of Brees' career and then all having to transition there at the end with, with Jameis Winston, Payton did a complete pivot as, a, as an offensive philosophy. He went from orchestrating an offense that over a a 10-year span was number one in passing yards like six, seven times to late in in his run with New Orleans, he had a rushing attack that was uh, top 10 in attempts three of his last five years, top 10 in yards three of his last five years, and number one in rushing touchdowns in three of his last five years there what? in New Orleans. So this is, if, if you're looking for some evidence that working with Russell Wilson at a stage of his career where maybe Russ needs some help and it can't be just all about letting Russ cook, he already started to do that with Drew Brees at the end of Drew Brees' career. Yeah. Recognize that, hey, maybe we have to change the offense and Peyton was was more than willing to adjust his philosophy. It's the first thing I look at when grading a coaching hire or asked to evaluate a coaching performance is what did they do with the players available to them? I don't care how you did when you had all the best players. Like, that doesn't impress me. When you're a college coach and you recruit all the best players and you win. Oh, that's real shocking. I want to know what the coach does with the players available to them, and when the roster changes, when the type of player changes, do they adapt, do they adjust to give the roster they have the best chance to win? That, to me, is the most encouraging thing when I look at Sean Payton. That's what I consider being a great coach, 
is give what you have the best opportunity to win. So, yes, that's very encouraging to me. And as far as Josh Jacobs goes, not only is he awesome and would be a a great player here, it means you also wouldn't have to play him. And he's killed the Broncos repeatedly. So, yes, I'm all for it. More slams coming uh, Russell Wilson's way. So Cam Jordan, who is a, a great player for Sean Payton in New Orleans, Kelly Clarkson was the host uh, last night of the NH, uh, uh, NHL, uh, the NFL Awards show. So Cam Jordan got up and uh, sang himself a Sean Payton song to one of Kelly Clarkson's big hits, but it included another Russell slam. Best of luck when Russell Wilson throws another duck. Come on. It's open season on Russ. What what did Peyton say at practice that time? A lot of those ducks went for touchdowns or something. That's right. That's right. What did Peyton say about those ducks? That's right. Peyton Manning, by the way. Peyton Manning. Not George Peyton. Well, Sean Peyton, Peyton, by the way, was asked, do we have, you got that. So he was was walking by uh, the Pat McAfee show. And is it clear enough we could play it here, Fever? So we know all about Let's Ride, right? Hashtag Let's Ride. So we might have a new one for you, Broncos country, if Sean Payton uh, were to get his way. Here it is. Yes, Go Broncos, what? huh? What? Hey, what? Let's ride. Let's ride. What? Let's ride. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and there's a horse sound we were thinking about. I think it's like Buckets. Okay. Oh, okay. here we go. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Need to use that at the end of every interview. Now. Wow. That building. All right. Buck them. Buck them. Let's ride. Let's ride. Has been replaced with buck them. How do you feel about buck them, Broncos country? Sean Payton wants buck them. I can tell by your overwhelming, enthusiastic response that you love it. <laughs> if we have to have a catchphrase, right? it's an improvement. I'm just not real big on the whole catchphrase thing. Believe it, I believe guess. In it, believe in it. If, if that's what is required for social media, okay, sure, it's better than Let's Ride, but um, just... Just play a football and win. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you hashtag. I don't care how you end a press conference. It's completely irrelevant. Um, Enjoy this side of Sean Payton, by the way. TV Sean Payton. Oh, the fun side? The fun side. 
the, the playful, fun, buckum, all that kind of stuff. Hey, Josh Jacobs, uh, you look great in orange type stuff. That, 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 that's going away. There's going to be a whole different vibe coming from Sean Payton here starting next week. No, God, I'm, I'm not going to use the Belichick example, right? He's one of one, and obviously no one could, would ever imagine him saying something like that or using a catchphrase. But just, just think back to Mike Shanahan. And if someone had tried to encourage him to use a catchphrase in ending his press conferences oh, or his statements, okay? I can already and, see the look. Right? And how, starting, how I'm, starting, rid- I'm starting to piddle down my leg just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, how ridiculous that would sound and what his response would be, okay? So, again, if if it's fun for you, cool. It doesn't mean anything to me. The Bones Highland trade, not getting a lot of positive reviews. Mike Singer of the Denver Post laid it out that that really what it came down to was him being unhappy with his role, walking off the floor during a game. Teammates didn't like it. Jamal Murray did not hide his dissatisfaction with both Bones's lack of professionalism, but also the idea that when Bones and Jamal Murray were on the court together, Bones was such a defensive liability that Jamal had to take the harder defensive assignment, and you know that wasn't something he always wanted to have to do either. So did Bones need to go, especially when you consider the what they got for him, just a couple of second-round picks? And if we learned anything during NBA trade deadline day yesterday, I guess a lot of these teams forgot that Nikola Jokic win the second round because they were handing out and passing around and exchanging second-round picks. It's like Halloween when you get bored with actually handing out the candy and you just leave the big bowl out in front of the door and say, here, have as much as you want. That's how the NBA view these second-round picks. Bones did need to go. I think they they made that clear culture. What's interesting to me is the the moment he walked off the floor really seemed to turn the tables on this whole thing. And not playing since then tanked his value. It did not help. But when he did that, remember, that was not a Michael Malone coach game. That was a David Adelman coach game when he walked off. I wonder if things might have been different or if that moment wouldn't have happened so publicly if Malone were on the bench that night. I don't know. I can't I can't tell you if it would have changed things, but what it did is it set in motion his DNP coach's decisions and it sent the message to the rest of the league that everyone was well aware that Bones Highland was getting traded and the market continued to drop because there were reports that they could get a first round pick for him or they were talking about trading for that wing defender they so desperately need included in a bones package two second round picks does not help at all right now the one thing i will say and it matters on what calvin booth does from this point going forward they need to close the deal on reggie jackson after a buyout for a backup point guard if the Bones trade created an open roster spot to allow them to do that, then, yes, they made a move that will help this year and can contribute in the playoffs. If they can't close the deal because Reggie Jackson is more interested in going to Phoenix or anywhere else, then it's a problem because you lost talent, 
you lost an asset and you got nothing that is going to help you except for addition by subtraction with the attitude. See, I, I think they botched this, the, the Nuggets did, with Bones, because I, I'm not in the – I don't want to reward bad behavior, and if he's going to be unprofessional and, and he's going to be immature, you can't allow that. But th- this, to me, is is throwing out the baby with the bathwater, okay? You, you have somebody who is 22 years old. He's immature, okay? He's not the first immature 22-year-old to come along in professional sports. If the presence of Bones Heinlein, if he's going to be such a locker room cancer or you're going to allow him to become so disruptive that he sinks this this basketball team, then, then your team wasn't made up of the right stuff anyway. If you can't absorb a Bones Heinlein and basically just kind of make him – go away and and just be invisible for the rest of the season with the understanding that, okay, Bones, look, you got a lot of growing up to do, but we recognize that you got to mature. And plenty of young athletes have matured. And in the meantime, you're a really good talent that we want to continue to develop. So here's what we're going to do. We don't really want you part of what we're trying to do here. Uh, Go away. We'll pay you. Go away. But we're going to revisit this during the summer. We're going to try to repair this thing. We're going to hope that you grow up a little bit. We're going to make some more demands of you. And let's give this another try next year. But in sp- instead, you just you just get rid of a guy for nothing. He goes to a team that you could easily play in the playoffs this year. And you're giving up on, on his potential where I don't think you needed to. I, I, just, I just don't buy the idea that he was going to be such a distraction that he had to go. Again, it all depends on if you fill the roster spot with someone that can well, help. Get rid of DeAndre Jordan. Who, did, who needs DeAndre Jordan now that you got Thomas Bryant? Right, but you have no way to get rid of him. Nobody will take that, right? So well, you, you, never mean, know. you can wave him. You can wave him. But create a roster spot. But, you're not but, but, him you, a lot. but you're not going to fill two roster spots, right? You have the one you need. Here, look. Here's the truth that the Nuggets fans, the hardcores, really don't want to hear. Jokic. A healthy Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon have raised their floor to an extremely high level to be a contending NBA championship contending team. Those three players, healthy, have raised their floor to an extremely high level. Their ceiling was always going to be determined by the development of Bones Highland and Michael Porter Jr. And those two players had an extreme amount of talent and potential that could lift them to heights this franchise has never seen. And that's where their ceiling is determined as to what was going to happen with Bones and MPJ in particular. We saw it fail with Bones. There's not too many signs of success with MPJ for the amount of money they're paying him. So that's what Nuggets fans don't want to hear, and it's the unfortunate truth. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 